Well, let me add the warm welcome that you, to the warm welcome that you have received. We welcome you heartily in the Lord's name as you gather with us this morning. When I stepped out of my accommodation this morning, the frost got into my bones. I felt it immediately. I am told that this is the lowest temperature in Vancouver for a hundred years. So it hit me at the back door this morning. But uh, we're delighted to be here. It may be frosty at night, but it's lovely and sunny during the daytime. And if we were back home, we would have murky, dull, dark days. So we enjoy the sunshine at the moment. But I have to say that time is running out. And in the will of the Lord, next Lord's Day will be our final Sunday with you. Uh, We have thoroughly enjoyed our time together with this congregation and how the time has slipped past ever so quickly. But do make sure and be with us tonight and next Lord's Day, bring others to hear the Word of God. Now we're going to read in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak, through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies 
by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of adoption, spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Ending a reading at verse 17, may the Lord be pleased to bless to each of our hearts the public reading of his word. Now let us look to the Lord as we come to the message. Our loving eternal Father, thou art the one who knows the heart and knows the need of all of our hearts. And how we praise thee for thy word, quick and powerful. This is the word of our salvation. And Lord, it is the word that nourishes, that admonishes, that quickens and corrects our spiritual lives. And so we pray that thou wilt minister to all of our hearts and reveal thyself through the word. Draw near to us, each one. Shut out the enemy of our souls. Let the blood prevail around about this sanctuary and grant to us the power of the Holy Spirit for service. Lord, be at our right hand as our helper, for we need thee moment by moment. Remember us now for good. We ask it in the Savior's lovely name. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. And in the second part of the verse, we are taught to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It is not without good reason that Peter exhorts us to gird up the loins of our minds. In every age, there is a continual attack on the mind of the people of God. There's a brainwashing, a manipulating, a conforming process at work through television, radio, the press, and the target of them all is our minds. The world would have us adopt its mindset. It would have us think and conform to its corrupt and squalid ways. In Psalm 119 and verse 113, David said, I hate vain thoughts. Vain thoughts 
as far as David was concerned, were unwelcome guests. When detected, they received an eviction order. Paul commends to us the spiritual mind. To be spiritually minded, he says, is life and peace. Oh, here is the goal, the ideal for the Christian. This is the will of God, not that we be carnally minded, worldly minded, but spiritually minded. May this be true of us, that more and more our minds are focused and spiritually motivated. Notice, first of all, with me, the aspiration of the spiritually minded. To mind is a phrase which we are very familiar with. If someone takes more than a passing interest in your private affairs and begins to probe deeply, you will in all likelihood say to that person, mind your own business. Look after your own affairs. The expression to mind is to focus your thoughts on a particular matter. But it is a wide, comprehensive term. It embraces one's affections, emotions, desires, and the objects pursued. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul brings before us the enemies of the cross of Christ. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 18, he says, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. And what are the distinguishing features about these enemies of Christ? Among other things, verse 19, the enemies of Christ, they mind earthly things. What is Paul saying about them? He's not saying that they cast an occasional glance in this direction. He is saying that these are the things that dominate, that please them most. The worldly things, the earthly things, they give these enemies of the cross their greatest delight. They seek them above everything else. Their minds are drawn. They are fixed. They are pulled irresistibly in this direction. Romans 8 and verse 5 explains that they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. And so, in this life, we must either sow to the flesh or sow to the Spirit. 
and they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. We say that the bird is in its element in the air. We know that the fish is in its element in the water. And so the born-again soul, the, the spiritual things, is its element. We mind spiritual things. We are absorbed with the things of God. The Lord had to say to Peter, when he tried to stand between him and the crucifixion, in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 23, remember Peter took a sword, and with the sword he cut off the ear of Malchus. And in verse 23, the Lord said, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. To be spiritually minded is to savor the things that be of God. To be spiritually minded is to desire spiritual things devoutly. The carnal mind is blinded by the vanities of the age. The carnal mind can see no uh, beauty in Christ. No, no, there's no desire for him. He's as the stone which the builders rejected. But to the spiritual mind, the Lord Jesus is everything. The bride in the Song of Solomon She's a, a wonderful type of the Christian, and she's speaking of the Lord in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and verse 3. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. She's surveying all the trees of the wood, and she's especially taken by the apple tree, by its fruitfulness. It excels all the other trees around. And so she speaks in these terms of her Lord and Savior, so is my beloved among the sons. She says, I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his, sweet, his, his fruit was sweet to my taste. In other words, the Lord excels for the bride all the glories and the beauties of this world. They are nothing in comparison. The Lord to her is the chiefest among 10,000. And didn't the people say of David that he was worth 10,000 of them? Oh, the Lord is the incomparable Savior. Paul, 
He made Christ his chief study. He says in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2, I determined, that's a strong term, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ. Oh, can you say of the Lord that your heart is devoutly with him, that he is your beloved and your friend? To be spiritually minded is to desire spiritual things supremely. The importance of other things is secondary. The spiritual mind, of course, will look after one's earthly affairs. It will provide for the children, the family. But the things of God will come first. We remember that in Israel of old, there was the, the, the practice of employing servants. And in Exodus chapter 21, we discover that in the seventh year, the servant was free to walk away from his master. He could go free. But in Exodus chapter 21, if, if the master of the servant was kindly and gracious and benevolent, the servant could say, I will remain with my master. And this is what is before us in Exodus 21 verse 5. The servant says, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I will not go out free. Now, do you notice the order? The master is first. I love my master, my wife, and my children. But the master in order is first. And so much the good master, and to the spiritually minded, the Lord will always be first. We think of Joseph and Mary, how they took the Lord to the temple when 12 years of age to attend the Passover. And when the time came for the journey home, the Lord was not in the company with Joseph and Mary. He was among those learned doctors both hearing and asking them questions. And in Luke chapter 2 and verse 48, Mary reproved the Lord. She said, Son, why hast thou dealt thus with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And the Lord responded, How is it? that ye sought me. Wist ye not, do you not know, that I must be about my Father's business? Literally, I must be about the things of my Father. That teaches us that the Lord's mind was set supremely 
on the things of the Father. Oh, he could say, I delight to do thy will, O God. Spiritually minded, may we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To be spiritually minded means that we will desire spiritual things continually. It's not an uncommon thing for the carnal mind to be impressed, to be moved by eternal realities for a while. But as the early dew of the morning, those impressions soon pass. We think of those who had such impressions in Matthew chapter 21 and the verse, the verse 9. The multitudes in Jerusalem, the Lord is traveling into Jerusalem, and the multitudes cry out, Matthew 21, verse 9, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna in the highest is their cry. But soon, very soon, their cry will be so different. Crucify him! Crucify him! Many who were in the wider circle of the Lord's disciples, they said in John 6 and verse 34, Evermore, give us this bread. But they quickly deserted him, for John 6 and verse 66 indicates many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Their impressions were not deep-rooted. But David said in Psalm 16, and verse 8. He said, I have set the Lord always before me. I have set the Lord always before me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray, he said, and cry aloud. There's evidence of the spiritual mind desiring spiritual things continually. The aspiration of the spiritually minded, oh, let us aspire to be such, having the things of God in their proper place, the first place. But secondly, we must hurry on and think about the attaining of the spiritual mind. David said concerning the building of the temple, the work is great. And when it comes to the attaining of the spiritual mind, the same is true. It will be attained by walking with God. The age in which Noah lived was very corrupt. The wickedness of man was great in the earth. But nevertheless, Noah walked with God. Walk with a person 
and you get acquainted with them, you get to know them better. When courting the girl who became my wife, we did a lot of walking to meetings in the city of Belfast, and I got to know her. And I think she thought she knew a lot about me. But maybe marriage was a bit of an eye-opener. I'm not sure you would have to talk to her. But Noah walked with God, and God brought him into his secrets concerning the flood and the building of the ark. Noah got the mind of God as he walked with him. Imagine the opposition, persecution, the sneers that Noah had to face as he added timber to timber and built the ark after the divine patron. We know that he preached all of 120 years with no fruit outside of his family. He endured, for he was close to God. He was in step with the Lord. He had the mind of God, having walked with him. It's attained by walking with God. It's attained by the Word. The Word of God is quick and powerful. And in the pages of Holy Writ, we have the divine mind revealed. Why? Why is the world this morning upside down? Why is the world in awful darkness and wickedness and ungodliness? It's for this reason. The Word is forsaken, and people have no mind, no comprehension of the ways of God. When Paul preached the Word at Ephesus, many that used curious arts Now we're thinking of pagan practices. We're thinking of witchcraft. That's the thought with with curious arts. Many that use curious arts, they brought their books and they burned them in a public bonfire. These people were converted. And through reading the Word of God, they became spiritually minded, enlightened. The word enlightened, it directed, it molded their thoughts, it changed their lives, it separated them from the ways of the devil, of witchcraft, to the ways of the Lord. The power of the word to set our lives apart today unto God still the same. May we be constantly in the Word, daily meditating in the law of the Lord, and then we will know through its light and instruction what God's purpose for our daily living is in these confusing times. 
Psalm 119 and verses 127 and 8. Psalm 119, verse 127. David says, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate with a perfect hatred, the thought is, every false way. He esteemed the Word to be right. He had a spiritual mind through the Word. It's attained by waiting on the Lord, both in private and public. There must not be the forsaking of the closet on the part of the child of God. The Lord exhorts us to get to our closet Close the door on the world, on its business, on its affairs, and do business with God in secret. The closet is a vital part of gaining the spiritual mind. It's only as we wait on the Lord that we mount up with wings as eagles into the heavenlies. And when the church gathered publicly to pray on the day of Pentecost, they were with one accord. There was united prayer ascending to heaven. They laid hold on God as one man, and the Spirit was powerfully poured out, and souls were added daily to the church. Oh, the spiritual mind has passed a vote of no confidence in the flesh. The Lord is its helper, and it must wait on Him in private and in public, for He is the strength of His people. The spiritual mind is attained, furthermore, by watchfulness, watching for souls. We are our brother's keeper. We have been saved to pull others out of the fire. And may you and I carry with us a burden for souls that we meet with in the course of our daily round. May we watch for those who are troubled and anxious, and watch for those who have never a thought about eternity, may we be a signpost warning others of their danger out of Christ. And we must watch for the second coming, be as those who wait for the Lord from heaven. R.A. Torrey, he said, the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ is the great Bible argument for a pure, unselfish, devoted, unworldly, active life of service. End of quote. Our lamps, yours and mine, must be trimmed and burning bright, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. The aspiration of the spiritually minded, the attaining of it, but lastly, the advantage of the spiritual, the spiritual mind. Notice here in our text, to be carnally minded is death, no advantage there, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is to have life indeed, life more abundant. The Lord is our life, and we live feeding on Him. The Lord exhorts us in John 6 and verse 57, "'As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me or the thought is, he that feedeth on me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. The bride in the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, and verse 7 she was in a quest to feed with her beloved. She wanted to know where her beloved fed the flocks at noon, a picture of her drawing near to the Lord, daily feeding on Christ. The Lord who is our life is also our peace. Isaiah 26 and verse 12 mentions how the Lord has ordained peace for us. He has given to His people in this troubled world His peace. His peace, my peace, I give unto you. It's true and lasting. It's the peace that passeth all understanding. In those lovely verses in Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4, the promise is, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. The emphasis is on peace, peace. He'll keep the mind, the peace that passeth all understanding will be the portion of the spiritual mind. Psalm 37 and verse 37, David says, Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. The end of that man is peace. The end of the carnal man, the man that lives for this present world, is death, banishment to hell. But the end of the man saved by grace is peace. And isn't this what society craves for? Life 
and peace. People are on a quest for both. Have you spiritual life? Is the peace of the gospel in your soul? Have you experienced eternal life? Way back in 1631, Robert Bruce, the Covenanter in Scotland, he was sentenced to death for his love for Christ, his crown, and his covenant. And on the morning of his execution, he asked his daughter to cook him an egg for breakfast. And it was so tasty, he almost asked her for a second one. And then Robert Bruce paused, and he said to his daughter, I have had breakfast with you this morning. I'll have supper with Christ tonight. He was a spiritual man, and he knew how to live for Christ, and he knew how to die. Proverbs 3 and verse 17. Proverbs 3 and verse 17. It says, Her ways, speaking of wisdom's ways, godly ways, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Oh, if you're unconverted and you're listening to this service today, I plead with you in Christ's stead to make haste to the cross. It's there that peace with God is gained. We have peace with God through the blood of the cross, through the Savior's blood shed on Calvary. Your heart at this moment black with sin can be washed by faith and made whiter, whiter than snow. There's no condemnation, we read, to those in Christ Jesus. Oh, that you would be in Christ, sheltering beneath his blood. None can perish who are found sheltering, resting there. May the Lord draw you to himself and bless his word to all of our hearts. We will join in singing the hymn number 476, please. Four hundred and seventy-six. May the mind of Christ my Savior 
live in me from day to day. By his love and power, controlling all I do and say. 476, standing to sing. unite in prayer. Our loving Father, we pray that Thou wilt be pleased to bless Thy Word. We pray that it will dwell richly in all of our hearts to our profit, to the increasing of our spiritual standing and stature. O Lord, wean us away from the trivial things of this world, and give to us, Lord, thy mind. We pray that the mind of Christ will truly be in every one of us. Help us to be conformed more and more to the divine image. And we pray that those who have never started for the land of the pure and the holy, who have not sought the Lord, have made no preparations yet for eternity, O Lord, put thy hand of grace and mercy upon them and bring them to thyself this very morning. Part us in thy fear and with thy blessing 
We ask it in the Savior's name. Amen.